your weekend home for all things sport. This is The Grill on Dubai I 103.8. Live from Barasti. Here's Tom Urquhart. And just like that, from starting up to The Grill, uh, thanks so much indeed for tuning in for the next three hours of live in un- uninterrupted sports for you live from Barasti. This is The Grill, uh, the third of three games, the Rugby World Cup. What a day it's been in the Rugby World Cup. South Africa against Namibia is on as we speak. We'll give you an update on that one very shortly. Intriguing early in the Premier League a little later on. Sheffield United against Liverpool is the early in the Premier League. There's also an early over in Scotland as well. Hibs taking on Celtic. We'll be across both of those games for you. In the Championship, it's QPR versus West Brom. In Spain, Athletic Bilbao are taking on Valencia. In Italy, you Ventus take on Spal and Lyon against Nantes. All of these early kickoffs across uh, the UK and greater Europe as well. Six games in the English Premier League at six o'clock. Everton against Man City is your late one. All of those games being shown down here at Barasti on one of their 22 screens around the venue. That, the rugby, also the Russian Grand Prix. We've got pole qualifiers for you in that one. The World Athletics Championship taking place uh, right here in the GCC. The Dunhill Lynx Golf not taking place in the GCC, but we'll talk about that a little later. On. There's the WBF and IBF welterweight and a WBC super middleweight fight later on in Los Angeles. Uh, week three of the NFL, week two of the Arabian Gulf League and the small matter of the AFL grand final that concluded a little earlier on. This is The Grill, three hours of sport, live from Barasti at Barasti Beach if you are on your social at Dubai I 1038FM at Dubai iSport. Or better still, just get yourself down here and watch your live sport at Barasti. This is The Grill on Dubai I 103.8. Fascinating day of rugby, fascinating day of football, fascinating day of sport and we've put together the team to talk you through the minefield that is international sport. Uh, Danny Norton and Carlos van Rosenfeld with us throughout proceedings as well. Let's start with you CBR. What a day of rugby. They've done it again. They have done it again. They've repeated their 2015 performance and listeners out there, who else? Japan, the host of the Rugby World Cup, have beaten Ireland. Yes, you've heard correctly. They've beaten Ireland 19 points to 12. It is the big shock of the 2019 World Cup so far. And what a performance it was. Just results from a little bit earlier on. Argentina beat Tonga 28 points to 12. And live at the moment, we've got South Africa taking on Namibia. And South Africa in the driving seat, leading this one 45 points to 3. So many talking points here. But I suppose the biggest talking point has to be uh, the scheduling uh, for the grill today. Who on earth put a South African rugby fan on while South Africa play and a Liverpool football fan when Liverpool are playing Danny Norton good afternoon see you Tom first and foremost well done on getting down here anyway quite an impressive uh, feat of running there Mr Forrest Gump our, yeah. our very own Dubai eye Forrest Gump bit of a bead on mate bit of a bead there on go. you know. he got down here but yeah what a tremendous day of sport all around anyway love it rugby world cup on right now Premier League football to look forward to from Bramwell Lane in around about 25 minutes time, 20 minutes time. Can't wait for that game as well. Table-topping Liverpool going to newly promoted Sheffield United who played some good football certainly from what I in the Championship last year. They brought that up there as well but they faced a tough task. Defeated Everton 2-0 last week. Can they make it a Merseyside double this afternoon? It's going to be tough going against Jurgen Klopp's uh, men who are flying six wins from six so far but it'll certainly be an exciting game no doubt about it. Interesting isn't it because it could well be uh, let's just break away because uh, try time. Yeah another try for South Africa it's uh, believe it or not he's come on as a replacement the South African captain Sia Kulisi has dived over for a five point and uh, as you say South Africa really getting into the rhythm now bringing on the substitute. South Africa lead this fixture 50 points to 3. 
just want to have a look at the top of the Premier League, if we can, Danny Norton, mm -hmm. because today could be a significant day with both of the Liverpool clubs in action, the Liverpool-based clubs in action, and according to what happens with results, could have a significant impact on the top of the table. Absolutely. I mean, Liverpool have a five-point advantage going into today's game. Like I say, they are away to Sheffield United in the opening game of uh, of this weekend, the, uh, the the game, basically game seven of the Premier League season so far. Manchester City going to Goodison Park, Liverpool's local rivals, in the late game. That one, that one kicks off at half eight UAE time, and you typically think that will be a very tough game for anybody going to Goodison Park, but. Things not looking too rosy over there, unfortunately, at the moment for Marco Silva. Quite a bit of pressure on him. I've been speaking to many of my Evertonian friends and colleagues this week, and a number of them would be happy to see Marco Silva leave Goodison Park, which is, uh, says a lot considering the kind of the hype that was around him when he, when he certainly joined the club. They suffered that surprise 2-0 defeat to Sheffield United last weekend, so they'll be hoping for a reaction to that. But it's going to be tough going against a Man City side who reacted tremendously after their shot defeat at Norwich with that 8-0 thrashing of Watford last week but you know if it all goes Liverpool's way today they could have an eight point advantage come the end of play which would be absolutely incredible after just seven games of the season but that's a big but. Let's talk Sheffield United if we can newly promoted into the Premier League Chris Wilder uh, with an amazing job uh, in the championship uh, last year is the, is the Premier League a better place for a team like Sheffield United being in it? Absolutely I think for having a club like Sheffield United in it as well because obviously you know I think they were one of the original founding members of the Premier League back in 1992-1993 they've got a historic ground there Bramall Lane one of the kind of traditional English football grounds where you have kind of four stands on either side closely packed in there they, they create a tremendous atmosphere they have their own cop down there they funny enough had the original cop end as well we might have Liverpool might have the most famous one but Sheffield United had the original one um, but no like you say it's a good good footballing team a team who like to like to move it all around you like to kind of press forward who like to I suppose kind of in a sense do what Liverpool do in that high pressing looking to win the ball back high up the field I've been pressed so far this season that they've looked to continue that kind of style of play and not kind of get turning a little bit more and going a little bit more defensive that you might expect from a kind of newly promoted side so to wonderful news. to see them yeah going to talk team news in a moment uh, just getting your thought though I mean I'm trying to work out I mean obviously Liverpool from where you're from um, I look at my, my sort of allegiance with West Ham as well they are footballing cities in their own right but Sheffield as well in terms of the talent it's produced down the years uh, in a number of clubs, obviously Wednesday and United uh, are the two uh, teams that carry that uh, city's name, but there are so many sort of football clubs in and around that area. Yeah, well. there are. I mean, it's, it's just typical kind of, you know, northern English football for you, where you have these major cities such as Liverpool, Manchester, Sheffield, and so at Leeds and so on, but then you've got all these towns around them, which kind of filters out as well. I think Rotherham is quite close to uh, Sheffield there, but you know, I mean, just a great sporting city on the whole anyway produced many Olympians down the years obviously former world boxing champion Cal Brook is from the Steel City and you know two historic football clubs in, in United and, and Wednesday there it's great to finally see one of them back in the big big league as well and also of course from Yorkshire the county historic uh, historic rivals at Lancashire which is the historic county that Liverpool's based in as well but Yorkshire incredible tradition when it comes to all things sport. Sheffield United uh, will be hosting the uh, Liverpool in the early kickoff, uh, and as Danny was saying there, uh, Sheffield United very much uh, a team with a huge amount of support. Just what is it that brings us together every weekend? It's a feeling of home, a 
feeling of togetherness, of tradition. It's something that we've always done, and we always will do. Beautiful downtown Bramall Lane, the very heart of the steel city. A place we go to worship, to escape, to be a part of something greater. where the game is always on. Let's get an update from the rugby third of uh, three games of the Rugby World Cup today. Carlos van Rosenfeld, uh, CVR is watching this one for us. Yeah, Tom, currently live. We've got a Pool B game. It's South Africa taking on their neighbours in Namibia. And what I can tell you is that as I speak, it's Skull Brits, the captain of South Africa, going over for his second try this afternoon. South Africa lead the Namibians 55.23. But of course, the big, big shock of today, the big, big talking point in World Cup 2019, of course, is the defeat of Ireland. For earlier this year, they were the world's number one ranked team. They got beaten by the host, Japan, 19 points to 10. And of course, that's a big, big talking point. A lot of questions now being asked about that pool and who will emerge as the two quarter-finalists going through, Tom. Athletic Bilbao against Valencia is underway. 90 minutes on the clock there. First game in Spanish La Liga. First of four games in La Liga today. No goals to report on that one, which gives Danny Norton uh, a moment to uh, tell us uh, how the two teams in the Premier League early game, Sheffield United and Liverpool, line up. OK, we'll start off with the hosts at Bramall Lane, Sheffield United, and the manager, Chris Wilder, has a field essentially the same eleven that started the win at Everton last week. That 2-0 victory at Goodison. Park as well, so very different Sheffield United to that what we saw in their League Cup defeat to Sunderland in midweeks. So that means that David McGoldrick and Billy Sharp they miss out. McGoldrick has a groin problem. Sharp, meanwhile, is suspended, so they know play no parts. So you got Henderson and goal, Basham, Agan, and O'Connell, the back three, Baldock on the right hand side, Stevens on the left, and the midfield three of Lundstram, Norwood, and Fleck, and McBurney and Robinson up front. It's a similar story for Liverpool as well, who are unchanged from their victory at Stamford Bridge that 2-1 win last Sunday quite a game that was Sadio Mane picked up a bit of a dead leg in that game but he has recovered enough to start today he hasn't been training this week I think uh, Jurgen Klopp just saving him for when it really really matters there so the Liverpool team in full Adrian once again starting in goal you got Alexander-Arnold at right back Robertson at left back either side of Joel Matip and Virgil van Dijk in the centre of that Liverpool defence Henderson, Fabinho and Wijnaldum make up the midfield three and of course no surprise that front three Mohamed Salah Roberto Firmino and Sadio Mane just to say as well that Dave Okarigi is fit enough to make the bench following uh, an ankle injury that he's had so far. So looking forward to this game that kicks off in around about 10 minutes' time. And uh, Jürgen Klopp has been speaking to the media ahead of this game and he's been full of praise for his opposition manager, Chris Wilder. Oh, it's incredible, eh? What Chris is doing there, really. I'm looking forward to, to meet him, to be honest. It's the um, first time um, that we see each other. It's, um, I saw his team playing now in the analyse uh, period. You always see a lot of the team. It's really interesting. Um, it's... What they do, they do really well in the system they play. Uh, really aggressive, um, good pressing, um, a lot of things. And then, of course, when they have the ball, this is slightly interesting um, pattern. And when the when the centre halves overlap, the whoever is there, the winger or whatever. So yes, that's interesting. But that's 
um, that's it. But from I think I'm not. I'm still. I'm four years in England now. Nearly. I don't know everything about the other clubs or historically and stuff like this. But it seems to be uh, a big club, obviously. And um, Sheffield and they uh, deserve being in the league. So since I'm in, I've, I've followed uh, the championship a lot, and I know how competitive this league is in going up the way they did against the teams. They had like Leeds or Derby last year. It's a really, it's a, it's a big one. And so, yeah, for sure, really, really great coach and um, looking forward to face his team. And no surprise as well that the uh, Sheffield United manager, Chris Wilder, was also full of praise for his opposite number. However, he did also say, he promised, in fact, that his players, his Sheffield United Blades, will get stuck into Liverpool when they face the Premier League leaders in around about five minutes' time. I don't want to look at this game and, and look at it, you know, with our players starry-eyed. And I've said it before, speaking to their players before, and can I swap shirts and any chance of signing this? You know, we're at there in this game uh, on a level playing field in terms of a Premier League fixture. Of course, there's enormous gaps between both clubs at, at the moment, and one we're trying to make that gap a little bit closer. And I think if you ask all our players before the game, you know, they want to get stuck into the opposition and they want to. They want to put individual performances on. And we definitely, as a staff and a group of players, want to make this game as competitive as, as, as possible. I don't want it to, to, you know, Liverpool just to come in into our backyard on Saturday afternoon and go, well, thanks very much. That's an easy, easier three points as we picked up all season. Now, it's not going to be easy for today as well. Like I just mentioned before, with the Liverpool team, it is pretty much... A full-strength side for the European champions. That pretty much is there just because they are missing the goalkeeper, Alisson, obviously voted earlier in the week as the, uh, the UEFA goalkeeper of the year. However, his, the man who's filled in for him, Adrian, has done a very fine job so far. He's kind of settled into things now, into that system of play where Jurgen Klopp likes to play from the back. However, Liverpool fans will naturally be looking forward to the return of the Brazilian number one. And Jurgen Klopp says that is just around the corner. Ali is on a good way, in a good way. So you did yesterday a full, a full, not with us, but with the goalie coaches, a full session. So getting closer and closer. So we will see now. We have to talk to the medical department. They are. So Ali looks <laughs> like he's close, um, but the final word has done the medical department, obviously, because we have to ask what, how it is exactly. And um, but that's it. And not far. So Ali is not in contention to say that. Just trained now. It looks like maybe. He can train with the team, maybe from what is it from Sunday on, but don't know 100%. But it's really close. Fascinating game. In fact, uh, the teams lining up in the tunnel uh, as we speak at the moment. That must be shown live down here at Barasti. So whether it be rugby, whether it be Formula One, uh, whether it be football, we've got it all covered here for you. Um, Danny North, Liverpool fan through and through, five points clear at the top of the table. Still early days, obviously, mm -hmm. but haven't really put a foot wrong yet. Absolutely not. No, it's been a very impressive start by Jurgen Klopp's men, especially considering it came from a quite a quite iffy pre-season as well but then I suppose it kind of goes to show that all these friendlies we played don't really mean much except for getting the fitness of the players but that was a bit of a worry going into the start of the season Sadio Mane in particular had a very long summer as did Mohamed Salah with Roberto Firmino even the likes of Alisson as well who all played in, in tournaments such as the Africa Cup of Nations the Copa America etc over the summer months there so it's good to see that the, the team have settled in well have continued with the, the vein of form with which they ended last season obviously just missing out on the Premier League title by one point 
to Manchester City, but claiming that six European crown over in Madrid. And six wins from six is a great start so far. It was a tough game at Chelsea last weekend where I think Liverpool dominated the first half and then had to withstand some heavy pressure um, from Frank Lampard's Blues in order to come away with that 2-1 win. But I think the thing is, they've got they've got this five-point lead, they've got something to hold on to now. And I suppose as a Liverpool fan myself, it's hoping that the experience of last season where they had a seven-point lead at one point, although that was just ahead of going to Manchester City, but having that lead slip, Having happened, that happened to them before, kind of you know coming up so close and missing out. Hopefully this time it'll be a case of right, we can't be complacent at all. And down the years, this has been the kind of fixture as a Liverpool fan you've worried about a little bit because you've thought you know you hope the players don't get, go feel complacent in a sense. But I think that's the last thing that Jurgen Klopp will allow any of his men to feel ahead of this game. So great start to the season for Liverpool. If they can win this early fixture today, it just puts that extra bit of pressure on Manchester City ahead of that late kickoff they have at Everton. Chris Basham uh, is uh, one of the players for Sheffield United, either plays in defence or midfield, uh, used to be at Newcastle as a junior, has also played for Bolton Wanderers as well as having loan spells at Stafford Rangers and Rochdale prior to joining Blackpool uh, in August 2010 and now of course at Sheffield United. These are his thoughts ahead of the game. How important is it to think that Liverpool aren't unbeatable? They're an amazing team right now, but you know there is a game to be won. Norwich beat Man City. Yeah, exactly. definitely. Obviously, the six games unbeaten, they've gone on an unbelievable run. But let's us be Sheffield United. Let's us try and uh, try and stop that run. And if we don't, we'll move on to the next game. But I'm sure the manager won't allow us to to not play the way we want to play. And you'll want us to go and have a go at Liverpool. And I'm sure the fans will be backing us to do that as well. I realise we perhaps could ask this every week, but specifically because it's Liverpool and, and what they have. Have, have you and the, the, the other two in the back three had any kind of extra conversations about what you will be facing? Because, you know, Mane, Salah and Firmino, they're, they're the best in the world right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we, have a little, we had a little coffee yesterday before the uh, game last night and we just said, look, let's try and play our game like we do and hopefully we can uh, get the result. But we just need to, we've got a really good connection together at the moment and it's great and obviously Jags came on the end of the day and I went in the midfield and we've just got a good connection together and hopefully that we can uh, I don't know, hopefully we don't concede many. Yeah. Is, is, are there any expectations? I mean people, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's obviously a difference between the, the, the two sides but you're not really a group that gets starry-eyed much. No, I think that's what the Premier League does. I think we the Premier League is the hardest league in the world and people pick up points and results off everybody so We've got to go out and we've got to play our way because if you don't, it could it could be a high score. I think they know how they play and we know how we play and hopefully that we can uh, be the ones who get the result. It will be, though, quite the occasion and you're going to be right at the, the epicentre of all of that. How important is it to ignore it? Yeah, I think that's one thing that we've had to do since we've come into the Premier League, going to the, the stadiums, enjoying the moment, but also playing, having a structure of playing as well. We don't want to be unconfident, we don't want to start losing games and especially at Bramall Lane we need to, to try and win games there and tomorrow's I mean Saturday is going to be a tough one but they're all tough in the Premier League I think This is The Grill Get involved with Dubai Eye on Facebook So two minutes into the early kickoffs uh, over in England let's start in the Premier League anything to report Danny Norton? Uh, not much in the first opening few minutes of, uh, of this game but Liverpool certainly starting as they mean to go on dominating ball dominating possession bom- dominating territory for the first opening minutes and just as I say this Sheffield United with a little breakaway here breaking into the box 
shot a goal, Adrian just collects it there. Um, but no, Liverpool kind of high pressure, uh, really trying to get the uh, the full backs overlapping. We've seen Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson both power on into the box, but nothing coming of it so far. Like I say, Sheffield United nil, Liverpool nil after the first four minutes. Uh, we've got early kickoff in the Championships. QPR taking on West Brom, two games in the Championship that we'll tell you about a little later on. Hibs against Celtic also scheduled to get underway at half past. A little delay to the start in that particular game. We haven't been told uh, officially why. In fact, they are just off as we speak now. So Hibs against Celtic underway as well. And that early kickoff down in Spain as well. We'll keep an eye on uh, in Spain. It sees uh, Athletic Bilbao taking on Valencia. Uh, half an hour on the uh, on the on the clock already, uh, and we are just getting reports of the first goal in that game. We'll get details on that one for you in just a few moments' time. And Leon against Nantes has just kicked off as well. Uh, Leon against Nantes, one minute on the uh, clock there. Uh, still no goals to report in that one. So the only goal we can report on is the one coming from Spain. Danny yep. Archer is doing some uh, Danny, uh, Danny Norton, I should say, not Danny Archer. <laughs> Absolutely, Mark yes. and Danny coming together. Well, the goal has come for the visitors of Valencia there, taking a 1-0 lead at Athletic Bilbao. It came just about five minutes ago from Dennis Shevachev, the uh, Valencia midfielder there, scoring um, on the 27th minute there. So it's been, it's been quite an even game, judging by the stats uh, so far, but Valencia with that all-important opening goal in La Liga. 1-0 so far. Thanks so much indeed for that. Let's get to the rugby. Uh, what a day it's been. Uh, it started a little earlier on uh, with Argentina against Tonga. This is what happened in that game. Welcome to match 13 of the 2019 Rugby World Cup. A pulsy clash that has the Kingdom of Tonga challenging Argentina in Higashi, Osaka. Go to the front, do Argentina, a little plan move, fantastic! Julian Montoya has the opening score for Argentina. It's Champagne from the forward pack. That's better stuff at the back for Tonga. They attack the line, ball splits loose, and so in to help out there was Takaloa, and interception! Argentina! With Santiago Carreras, his first start, he scores. Well, it's a great pickup. Tackle in from Sioni Calamafoni. Montoya. Has he got his hat trick? Great score for the Argentine hooker. Bonus point it is. It's still there. Takaloa looking left, looking right. Gets the skip off. They get a score here. The Kingdom of Tonga. Kalosa Vayanu scores a wonderful try for Tonga. Oh, it's brilliant. From the kickoff. Looking to break away. Fukafuka gets a pass away on the outside. Tonga. Kupavuna. Flicks it there, he's in the corner! Telosa, Vianu starts celebrating early. Rupavuna ran with it in one hand, popped it back, the body's in the air, 
The ball is grounded. That'll be a try. Okay, Yako, wait till you're on screen. Okay, yeah, you may award the try. Stolen at the lineup by Argentina. They dot it down. And that is the full time whistle. It's the Kingdom of Tonga that have produced a sparkling second half. But still, it's Argentina that win this game. 28 points to 12 in Pool C at Hanazo Stadium. How often have we seen that, uh, Carlos Van Rosenfeld, in this tournament? What we're uh, eight days into this tournament thus far. A game of two halves uh, is a cliche that we hear all too often. But it really has been the case of so many of these games. And that was a great example of that earlier on today. Argentina so dominant in that first half, but good comeback by Tonga. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems to be happening in this pool too. I mean, Argentina playing France. They were nowhere in that first half against France. Absolutely got annihilated by France. And all of a sudden came back in the second half. Nearly won that game. Of course, that penalty kick. He just pulled it to the left. And... Uh, Australia, Fiji, this, the same thing. Fiji very strong in the first half. But I find that the, the Islander teams normally are actually quite strong for the first 60 minutes and then they kind of taper off because they're not as structured as the more traditional teams. But Tonga today, as you say, Tom, a fantastic uh, second half ever from them. Not enough, though, but I do find this is a very, very tough pool, this pool seat to get out of. England at the moment look like the number one team in that pool. I do feel they will go through at the top. But then there's a real fight for that next team that's going to go through. Will it be Argentina? Will it be France? Currently Argentina on six points. Um, France on four points, of course. France do have that game in hand. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens from a points difference perspective and bonus point perspective of who is the team that goes through as the number two team in Pool C. Argentina are a little unlucky in that opening encounter against France. Very close game. And obviously, uh, what with the benefit of uh, hindsight and also... Uh, video referees now, a couple of dubious decisions towards the end of that game. Could have been a very different result. Could have been, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's been it's been a tremendous start, I think, to the World Cup and that, but there's been a few kind of questionable decisions perhaps made uh, so far. I've seen that there's been a lot of talk around the tackling and the kind of change in the law. Some players saying they weren't aware of it. I find that hard to believe in all honesty, they certainly should be aware of it anyway, but... Led to a few kind of maybe a few issues there, but I mean, it, there's been so so many tremendous games so far, and I think that was one of the, the standout ones that I've certainly caught the highlights of. So it's it's interesting because yeah, the, the, this whole it, it, this whole issue of tackling and uh, the, the, the the correct tackling of the procedure. I mean, it's unprecedented that World Rugby should criticise their referees in this tournament so early in the tournament as well um, about the application of the law with regards to the tackle. We've seen the sighting officials come down quite hard on it over the course of the last few days. And yet again today in that Argentina game, a couple of examples that were discussed at half-time by a number of the pundits uh, of Argentina uh, players coming in and not tackling in the correct procedure, yet getting away with it. Uh, Tom, I think, honestly, I think the referee's been, refereeing has been pretty shocking on this tournament. And to me, it's the interpretation. A, a, a lot of these referees are interpreting totally, totally different. And to me, that is why we're struggling from an inconsistency perspective when it's coming to the tackle rule and a lot of other rules. And I just kind of feel that World Rugby needs to step to the plate now, make the rules, and let referees interpret in the same way. Because every single referee's got a different interpretation when it comes to the tackle. Is it a high tackle? Is it a late hit? Do we go with the shoulder? Now, of course, there's been a massive out cry this week of the hit on, on, on Owen Farrell, yeah. which, yes, it, to me, it was, it was clearly a, a, a red, red card. It got the right decision. But if you go back on Owen Farrell's career, we know how he likes to use the shoulder. He's made very similar hits to that previously in his career and has never even been carded for it. So I think the big thing is Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere referees, 
referees. They interpret the game a lot, lot different. And I think World Rugby needs to set the standards and go, look, you guys, if it's around the neck or if it's one centimeter below the neck, if a tackle hits that, it's, it's considered a high tackle. So we need a lot more consistency within the games. When was it that these kind of changes were brought in as well? You know, is, is this a relatively recent thing, is it, Carl? Or was it brought in like straight after the end of the last, last World Cup? Because no, I well, fear that would be one of the issues. If it's relatively recent, then it's going to give less time for the referees to figure out exactly what the rule makers are after and even for the players to get, to get used to it. Look, I think from a rugby perspective, they're always pushing to make the game safer and and, and and shoulder charges is something that, that, that they're trying to get out, out the game so now you basically have to wrap your arms around a player for it to be a legalized tackle etc etc but to me once again with a shoulder charge or the check as a lot of people call it especially when you're double hitting when, when two players are hitting onto one player it's very diff difficult to me to first see and then secondly to interpret and i think every referee's got his different interpretation of it and kind of that's 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 where, we, where we're getting it wrong because if you watch three games last weekend that I watched back to back, every single referee handled that game in a totally different way where some referee is blowing for a guy dropping his elbow at the scrum, another referee is not, another referee is allowing people to you know, put their hands in the ruck in the start, another referee the player just puts it in blow. So I think they, they all around the referees need to get a consistent interpretation of the laws and I think we'll see a much more consistent refereeing um, decisions within the, within the World Cup which to me there's been fantastic games at this moment in time I think we've been spoiled for the type of rugby that we've been seeing but I think it could have even been better if we had more consistency with referees I mean obviously we've had a long discussion about technology and football this season the Premier League with VAR and uh, even here in the Arabian Gulf League over the course of this weekend we've had a few uh, decisions questioned about the VAR procedure I mean rugby have been running with video refereeing for a lot longer and yet this tournament referees seem to be keen to let the let the game play they're keen to keep the the, the the momentum going keep the play running and yet how many sightings are we seeing is there the suggestion therefore that referees are reluctant to make decisions on field and would rather let the sighting panel make those decisions after the game which in its very nature would give an advantage to teams on the field Tom, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I, and there's one thing that's annoying me about, about rugby, and even football to a certain extent, now, if we see the Premier League with VAR, referees don't want to make the call themselves, as, as you just stated. So what we end up doing is we're having a third referee making decisions after watching the replay a hundred times from a rugby perspective, and it's actually just slowing the, the game down. And at some stage, a referee has to take some onus himself because uh, nobody really wants to be unpopular at the end of the day. Uh, talking rugby, we're seeing uh, uh, something of a, uh, an icon of South African rugby. Big smile on his face, full time in the uh, All-African Affair. Has it finished? Yeah, Tom, what I can tell you is, of course, we saw the big smiling face there of Skulk Brits who captain South Africa today. 49 years old or something, isn't he? 30, 30, <laughs> 38 going on, on, on 39 years old. Um, the second oldest Springbok of all time. Of course, Victor Matthews played for the Springboks when he was 40 years old. But what I can tell you is South Africa have convincingly beaten Namibia 57 points to three. And quite interestingly, that man that we just spoke about, Skulk Brits, traditionally a hooker, he did play in the number eight jersey today. So South Africa finally getting a bonus point uh, win within that pool of course last week and they lost against uh, the all blacks and uh, they are back to winning ways nice little touch as well at the end of this game both of the teams coming together because i'm assuming a lot of the namibian players play and play their try down down in south africa and vice versa as well so both teams coming together to applaud the fans down in the stadium yeah fantastic gesture and i think you know there's great camaraderie between all the rugby players and i think especially rugby becoming this global game where we see a lot of players playing in argentina we see a lot of players playing in japan 
French leagues and so forth. I mean, there was a lovely touch with Adi Sevilla and, and Cheston Colby having a prayer after the game uh, last week. And of course, them two know each other very well from Super Rugby. So yeah, Tom, fantastic gesture. But you know what? I got to compliment the Japanese people. To me, they have been instrumental in the success of this World Cup. The other day at the South African training session, 15,000 people pitched up to watch the training session. We're not even getting so many guys at local derbies within South Africa. So I think they've just really added to the atmosphere and to the spectacle that's been a fantastic World Cup in Japan so far. Argentina with the first victory of the day. There's been a bit of a shock since then. We'll get onto that in just a little while, but let's wrap up on the Argentina game. Uh, Argentina with their first win of their campaign under their belt. Man of the match, Pablo Montoya spoke after the game. It's a tough match. I'm really happy about how the team played the, the first half, the second half. We were good, but we need to make more more tries when we are in the in their in their field. Uh, the tries were one was small, the other one was a special day that we trained in the week. Uh, I'm really happy. I'm really honored to play with this jersey, and this is something else. I'm really happy too. But the important thing is playing for Argentina and representing my country and my family. You win. You are the man of the match, and you scored three tries, and you are the tryman of the World Cup. Really? I I, I didn't know that. Uh, I know, I think it's something else, it's, it's something nice, but the more important thing is playing for my country, my family, my friends, club, my girlfriend and all, all the, the people I care of, uh, and I want to make them proud of me and my country too, so the important thing is, is that. Tell me something about this crowd, who support you? No, I think the, the crowd was amazing, really noisy, in the good, in the good way. I have a lot of friends, family, and the other guys of Argentina, I don't know. Being Argentina is the best thing. This is The Grill. Join the conversation. Tweet the team at Dubai Eye Sport. Football, let's get the latest from Danny Norton. He's got his work cut out today as our Dan. He's got early kickoffs <laughs> uh, over in England, two in England, one in Scotland, one in France, one in Spain. Where does he start? Well, I mean, the good thing is, obviously, we're down at Brasti and there's screen after screen after screen down here, isn't it? So, okay, so just me, uh, a little bit tennis like in a sense, from, from side to side. Obviously, main focus for me is on the Premier League, the early kickoff at Bramall Lane, Sheffield United hosting Liverpool. We're 20 minutes into proceedings and it's still goalless. Liverpool, as you would expect, dominating possession, dominating territory. Um, they are pre- pretty much pressing Sheffield United back to the road, 18-yard box for uh, large portions. But so far, the Blades are pretty much untroubled as well. They seem quite happy to sit in deep and basically just press Liverpool when they get a little bit too close to the 18-yard box. And then, if they get a chance, Sheffield United are springing forward on the break. Arguably, they've had the best chance of the game so far after just a few minutes, but uh, failed to find the back of the net. Adrian just kind of uh, uh, taking in a shot by um, by Baldock there. That he came cut in from the left-hand side into the box there, but it was uh, straight down into uh, the Liverpool keeper's uh, abdomen. So it remains Sheffield United nil, Liverpool nil after 20 minutes so far. Over in Spain, it is Valencia one. Athletic Bilbao nil. That goal scored about uh, 15 minutes ago from Denis Jerusef. Sorry, he's been a real live wire so far. Gave Valencia the lead after a swift counter breaking the deadlock and Sam Mammers there. And just being a goal over in Scotland as well. Hibernian, the host, leading Celtic. There's been an own goal by Christopher Adger. It was a fantastic pass out of the fence from Adam Jackson, followed by another great pass from Scott Allen and Christian Dooge is in behind the Celtic defence. His low cross cannoned off the ankle of Adger and crept into the near post. So eight minutes into that game, Hibernian 1, Celtic 0. 
Thanks so much indeed for that. Uh, we're talking rugby. All three games in the Rugby World Cup have come to a conclusion today. Uh, and we have had one of the big shocks, well, the big shock of the tournament thus far. It is, of course, uh, the Ireland against Japan game, which has been uh, uh, the talking point for so many. Uh, Ireland against Japan. Ireland coming into this tournament, CVR, as one of the pre-tournament favourites. Absolutely, uh, Tom. Ireland coming in as one of the favourites and as I said the biggest shock of World Cup 2019 so far but I mean we all said that Jonathan Sexton is so instrumental in this Irish team and of course our Irish team without him and he was always going to struggle but Tom honestly I didn't expect this upset this afternoon hats off to Jamie Joseph the coach of uh, Japan for really bringing this upset and I tell you what this throws this pool wide wide opener Japan have still got a fantastic chance of making the quarterfinals in their own um, in their own home tournament. What does it do to this group? Because we're talking about sort of groups and what, you know, the, 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 the manications in, in those particular groups. This one's been blown wide open now. Absolutely, Tom. I mean, at the, at, at the end of the day, we were looking at this group. We forecast that Ireland would go through. It was always going to be tight for the second team between uh, Scotland. They were going to be the number two team going through. But I tell you what, at this moment in time, I think Japan have got a fantastic uh, chance to make it through. At the moment, Japan, of course, leading this pool on nine points. Um, Ireland um, on six points. And then we've got Samoa on five. Scotland and Russia yet to score any victory. And after today's result, obviously, Ireland, this, this will shock them. They will go through to win the rest of their games. But I really do fancy um, Japan now to get a victory over Scotland. Top. If that happens, Japan can either top this pool or they will go through as second place uh, into the quarterfinals. Uh, let's hear from uh, the Irish captain first after the game. How do you explain that one? Rory Best. Well, we have to really appreciate Rory Best coming to talk to us now. There's a lot of people around the world that can't believe what they've just seen. Can you give us your thoughts on that game? Uh, yeah, like I think um, we knew how tough it was going to be. There, uh, anyone that, that is utterly shocked, hasn't seen how good they are. We come in with a game plan and we, we felt we were really prepared. But look, give credit to the, that team. They played really well. We made a few mistakes, a few unforced errors. We're in the wrong side of the penalty count. But um, like I think Japan played really, really well. And they, they, had, they posed a lot of questions to us. And unfortunately, we couldn't come up with the right answers. And this is your 100th test start. You've been around, you've seen a lot. Any monumental is that? Uh, look, like I say, we knew how, how tough this was going to be. Um, when you play the host team, uh, it's always tough, but uh, like a team like Japan, I think we, we didn't start exactly how we wanted, but we got on the right side of the scoreboard, and then we just we let them play, and when you let a team like that play, uh, you can sometimes be chasing shadows. Look, we're very, very disappointed, but at the same time, look, you have to give credit to Japan. They attacked us uh, minute after minute, and uh, we'll not be happy with, with how we played, uh, but we'll have to dust ourselves down and, and get better. Have to get better, that's for sure. What about the Japan team? Uh, made some bold decisions uh, in terms of selection for this game with uh, the captain, Michael Leach, being dropped to the bench uh, from the back of the scrum. Uh, that captaincy therefore went to Peter Labyshegne, uh, who said this after the game. Well, joining me, Captain Labys Labyshegne, you can almost see the heart beat out of your shirt. Just describe to us at this moment now what is going through your mind. No, I have to say, yes, we're really happy. It's difficult to put it over in words. Just proud of every boy. A great team effort and really glad we got the result. And this is just your fifth test, but you would have seen what happened in Brighton four years ago. How monumental is this moment for Japanese rugby? Yeah, that was a great game, but uh, we came into this tournament with a new goal. 
and we knew what we wanted to do and we backed ourselves going into this game and tonight we're just really happy about the result. And you've got 50,000 people absolutely loving this. You got any words for the crowd right now, Lapis? No, I just want to thank each and everyone for taking time to come out and support us. You were amazing. We could hear you, especially in the last 10 minutes. Thank you very much to everyone. Extraordinary scenes in Japan uh, after that victory. Uh, the country really has come to the party. Uh, a lot of people crediting uh, the bold decisions and the planning of uh, Joseph, uh, Jamie Joseph, the captain of, uh, sorry, the coach of the Japan team. Uh, how proud was he after the game? Well, what a state of affairs. We've just witnessed one of the most incredible games. Jamie Joseph is the coach of Japan. Can you give us a lowdown about how you're feeling right now? Oh, no, so we're obviously excited about the, about the result. Um, we're very proud of the players. Um, well, we obviously had a plan and we've been training for a, a long time. Um, so we've been thinking about this game for quite a long time. Obviously, Ireland, we're only thinking about it for the last sort of six or seven days. But for us, it's, it's, a, you know, it's been a great performance. And you said beforehand there was no pressure on your team. You're going to have a right degree of risk. Were you happy with that balance? Oh, you just got to be careful before the game, I guess. You don't want to come across too arrogant and, and cocky. And, and we obviously had a lot of belief in our in our game plan and what we wanted to do. We knew how good um, how good Ireland were and how strong they were. We've got to take credit to my coaching team. Um, you know, set piece. We're able to hold their set piece, and we're a great scrum coach. And Tony Brown's got a great attack plan. And all put together, and then we really really contributed towards the win. We had the Brighton miracle. We're calling this one the Shizoku Stunner. But how important now is it to get this team grounded to know what the next steps are? No, you're right. Yeah, um, yeah. It's base two. We've got, a, we've got another couple of games to go, um, but we'll enjoy tonight, I reckon. Uh, so, Michael Litch, the number eight uh, and the captain for Japan, rather controversially dropped to the bench. His replacement, though, uh, certainly did make a difference. Uh, he picked up Tamo Hori. This is picked up the Man of the Match award. We've got the Mastercard Player of the Match here, Shoto Hong. Incredible effort. 13 carries, 10 tackles, but this moment right now, can you just address the crowd in Japanese and tell them how important this is? あ、今日はありがとうございました。あの、あの、皆さんの声援のおかげで最後の1センチ、最後の1ミリ走ることができました。あの、まだまだ試合を続くので、ベースで戦って皆さんと戦いましょう。Thank you very much. Shoto Hori there, the man of the match. Uh, and Carlos van Rosenfeld with the translation for us. <laughs> Thank you for supporting the team today. I would have rather be able to translate the captain's speech, because of course, uh, Lapis Labaskachne, a very Japanese name there, Tom. But yeah, of course, the former Blue Bulls loose forward playing the number seven jersey for Japan today. And you know, I, I just love these type of results in a tournament. And I, and I really think it just, it just adds to this tournament. And it's what, I think it's what the Japanese fans deserve today. They needed Japan to beat one of these big teams. And uh, of course, in 2015, they did it to the box down in Brighton. We'll never forget that day as a South African supporter. And of course, today, the island not so long ago, a few weeks ago, was ranked the number one team in the world. And Japan upset them today. And I think this was very careful planning of, of, of Jamie Joseph, Tony Brown, of course, in the, on the technical side of things. But to me, the flyer, Yutamura, did not get enough credit today. He was absolutely fantastic with his place kicking. He kept Japan going. He kept that scoreboard ticking over. And as I say, a fantastic, fantastic result for the home team today. And I kind of fancy them for a quarterfinal berth now. The shock of Shizuoka, is that what we're calling it? We can call it the shock. 
Uh, it was a shock, it certainly was, but it's been great for the tournament, as was said. Uh, let's, let's spare a little thought for a young man over in Ireland, though. He's become something of an internet sensation over the course of the last few days. Uh, I don't know if you've been able to see this video. A young lad over in Ireland who has uh, posted this motivational speech uh, about, uh, well, directed, di directed towards the Irish rugby team. Uh, it's been talked about a lot, it's been played about a lot in the build-up to this game. Not sure if the message has got across to the Irish boys. Let's just have a listen to what the young lad had to say. Play rugby, watch rugby, live rugby, I dream rugby, I dream of being you. You've the chance of joy, a joy that words will never describe, a joy that perfect pass, amazing, that amazing try, that last minute drop call, that leaping liner, that defensive scrum, and that winning feeling. You've a chance to live the dream, a dream of winning the World Cup. You've a chance to make a nation cry. You've beaten the best. You are the best. You beat the All Blacks. Remember that feeling? Grown men cry because of you. So stand tall. Put your gum shields in. Don't falter. Follow through no matter what. Grind it out, even in those grueling minutes. Remember that it was you who's living the dream, and only you who can finish it. Be confident, believe, every ball counts, every second counts. Chances like these only come around once in a lifetime, and it has come around in yours. Cherish this moment, live this moment. Nerves are good, nerves mean you care. You should care, I care, we the Irish care. I'm your biggest fan, your best friend, and your Irish family. Live my dream, live your dream, live the Irish dream! This is The Grill. Join the conversation. Text 4001 or message us for free on the Dubai Eye app.